With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. Your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by WaitingForNextYear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and Todd at TD Guardians KU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. And it is an all-star game edition, everybody, of the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast right here from WaitingForNextYear.com and the Evergreen Podcast Network. Matt and Todd with you. Guardians get the three-game sweep of the Tigers Sunday's game uh, postponed due to rain. That's Todd. Ten rainouts already. And uh, here we are talking all-star game, all-star break. The team in decent shape here. A couple games over five hundred. only two back of the Twins. And now a big 11-game road trip coming up following the break. But obviously we've got the home run derby and uh, Andre Jimenez now starting in the All-Star Game Tuesday. A lot to discuss today. The draft last night. We are locked and loaded. Brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry and also Breaking Tea t-shirts. What's up, buddy? What's up? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> there we go. You know, just is a nice five and two week. You know, they had the doubleheader Tuesday, and, uh, you know, even though they had the rain out yesterday, which I was supposed to attend, and, uh, but yeah, you know, it was a good bounce back after that horrible, you know, July 4th set in Detroit, where we got totally worked, and they looked like a dead entire team, and then they lost two or three in Kansas City to come back this week and go five and two. And, you know, one of them was kind of a, the Tuesday night loss was a total throwaway. It was Cease against Pilkington. And, you know, the lineup was very bizarre. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a good it was a good uh, close. And, you know, I think that at the beginning of the season, if you would have told me, hey, we're going to be uh, two games over 500 at the All-Star break, two and a half games out of first place, we would have signed up for that for sure, looking at the roster the way it was and how young they were. So I think I think you got to look at everything in a positive light right now. No, it was a nice bounce back, like you said. I, I you know, and, and let's not harp on last week. Last week is over. Uh, they did, you know, come out against the White Sox and immediately hit the baseball much better. Look, like you said, they're not, not going to be Dylan Cease when you're throwing your sixth starter, and you know, Bieber with a complete game, which was just so needed to rest the bullpen. And then to kind of just trash and destroy uh, Detroit over the weekend was nice. I mean, you needed a couple of those wins. Uh, you know, just you, you needed a laugher like they had on Saturday. Jose Ramirez seems to have his home run stroke back. Uh, I'm hopeful that Michael Pineda is pitching to him tonight at the home run derby. That would be good. Um, but, uh, you know, it was much needed. And like you said, being above 500 <clears throat> at the All-Star break, for Joe Davis and and John Smoltz and them to talk about us tomorrow night during the All-Star game in a pretty positive light and to say we're in this race, which we are, um, yeah, you probably didn't expect it. A lot of fans were very down on this team to start the year, but now, uh, you know, you turn the page a little bit, you talk, you know, there's trade deadline talk, there's 
you know, young players developing, it's nice to see. And there's some positives. And, you know, with Nolan Jones playing and everything else and some guys getting back healthy, um, there are a lot more positives, Todd, than I would say negatives right now. Yeah, I mean, you're again, you're you're too old for 500. You're too back. You're, you're too back in the in the division. You're tied in the loss column with the Twins. I mean, listen, I think the Twins are a superior team. They they just are. Their lineup is really really good. But they're going to be in this thing unless a total collapse happens. They're they're most likely going to be in this thing, uh, you know, into September. And all you can ask for is play. You know, with the third wild card too, you know, play play meaningful games in September. Let's let's get to meaningful games in September. I, I know that I've said this before, but it bears repeating. No matter what with this franchise during the Tito era, we have never bottomed out. I mean, again, look at the you just go through the standings. Do you know that the, the Washington Nationals won the World Series in 2019? Of course, no. They they bought they bought they bought the World Series, but yes, they did. I I would disagree with that. They two they basically went through the playoffs with three pitchers, like total, which was pretty amazing. But they they won the 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 point is they won the World Series three years ago. They did. They're thirty one and they're thirty one and sixty three. Okay, and they're about to trade their franchise player. Right, the Chicago Cubs, who, as we know, stole our World Series in two (laughs) thousand sixteen. Yeah, but you're not you're not bitter about that. You're not bitter about that. No, not at all. They're thirty five and fifty seven. Oh, horrible! And they're a big big market team who can spend money. Okay, uh, Oakland, who you know that franchise is a shit show. Thirty two and sixty one. The Angels, who have arguably the two best players in baseball, yeah, are thirty. They're thirty nine and fifty three. They're twenty games out of first. So my point is. For all the people that want to bash this franchise and get all upset, and you know they don't spend any money and whatever, and they, with with the youngest roster in the league, they're forty six and forty four and two games out of first place. So we we don't hit rock bottom. The Royals are thirty six and fifty six for God's sakes. The unnamed team thirty seven and fifty five. We do not bottom out. It's amazing. No, no and, and but but again, has to be given to this front office and even to ownership. I don't care. I know. I understand. And the lack of spending, and I hate it too. But there's something to be said about the fact that they have kept the. the they don't hire. They, they have been doing nothing since Hank Peters, basically, but promote from within. And it's it it is a farm system of brilliant minds that gets together and does an unbelievable job of keeping this team competitive year in and year out with the market constraints. And you, it, they they deserve a ton of credit for being where they are because we've been waiting and waiting for bats to finally develop. The arms have been ahead of the bats. But in this organization, we had such a hard time developing bats. And now we're finally seeing, after years and years of failure, the fruits of the labor. And the best guys are in double-A and triple-A at this point, too, which is even better. Well, that, And then you just bring up a very good point. And you're right. You're exact, I don't. There's nothing I can add to that because I agree with you. I think that uh, you know, there's a reason Chris Antonetti... Mike Chernoff, Tito, all these people stay. There's a reason. And they're allowed to do their jobs. They make these uh, savvy trades. And, you know, now they're they're kind of enjoying the fruits of their labor because, you know, here's Cal Quantrill, you know, going deep into games, you know, via trade. Here's Andres Jimenez starting now in the All-Star game tomorrow night via trade. So those are just two examples. And you're right. And now, you know, there's 
Will Brennan waiting in the wings in, in, in AAA, George Valera waiting in the wings at AA. So there's some guys coming, which is nice, and there will be a log jam, and there will be a, probably some sort of trade made to free up some 40-man roster spots. I know the executive producer Jeremy loves calling Utah the Mr. 40-man. Uh, and, and the executive producer is uh, pouring over day two draft coverage today at his house. He's very but, into it. Very into it. We'll talk Chase DeLauder and, uh, coming up next. But no, seriously, um, you know, and, and that kind of gets to the, our first point kind of today. I mean, here's Jose Ramirez. Here's a homegrown guy who will not only be in the All-Star game tomorrow night, but also is taking part in the Home Run Derby tonight. And then we mentioned Jimenez now getting the start because Altuve's hurt. I mean, think about that for a second. There's going to be people watching the game tomorrow night in our own city, in Cleveland, and they're going to do the introductions. And they're going to go, wait, what? Is he on our – there's people who don't even know who he is. Andres Jimenez. He's starting starting in the game. That's amazing. That American League roster is pretty good, really good. It, it's, it's amazing because, you know, everyone – you know, was freaking out when they trade, you know, traded the redacted X shortstop. And meanwhile, you look up, he hasn't made an all-star team yet in two years. Andres Jimenez has, and is now starting. And I know you, I know you don't love him, but look at Ahmed Rosario's hitting 291. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I know he, I know his OPS is only 730. I know defensively he's not the best, but He's done a really nice job. He's been a really nice addition, and he could be a, a decent trade value. But the point is, you got a 23 year old all star who's under club control for another six years at, at, at a fraction of the cost of the redacted one. And, uh, you know, it's just one of many shrewd trades by this front office that has just built this roster. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and then. You know, you, you talked about uh, uh, Will Benson down there in AAA. I mean, they finally brought up Nolan Jones, and he's done a nice job. Oscar de Gonzalez will be back soon. Uh, and then, you know, Richie Palacios is down there. He, he's, he's on an 11-game hitting streak down in Columbus. Uh, and then Will Benson, who was a first-round pick in, I think, 2016, was kind of like the forgotten man and struggled and struggled and struggled. Well, all of a sudden, he's got 16 home runs. Leads, you know, 41 RBIs. He steals 16 bases, and he's playing great defense in center field. You know, he's got a 928 OPS. Okay, so th- there are so many guys knocking on the door. It's it's really really great. But you know, uh, uh, again, Andre Jimenez, I can't wait to see him out there starting at second base tomorrow night. And he's, you know, you, you had it from day one. He worked his ass off too. You know, he, he really struggled last year. They had to send him back down. He reworked his swing. He came back this year with a vengeance and he's been awesome. So it's great to see. And again, 23 years old. It's wonderful. Yeah, no, it is. And that's exactly the kind of player that you want to get back when you make a trade like that. And, uh, you know, just clutch too. I mean, Saturday night, you know, uh, or Friday night, excuse me. Here's Michael Fulmer coming in. You know, he's throwing all those sliders. He's got him down 0-2. It's a tie game. Uh, and, and Jimenez, I know it was a bloop job, but still, put the ball in play, took it the other way, fought it off. That's the guy you always want up. Teams that pitch to Andres Jimenez pay for it. He's the most clutch hitter we have. I mean, Jose Ramirez is right up there, obviously. But if we have, if we have, you know, a runner at second and two outs and a tie game late innings, I want to, I want Anderson Menes up there. That's he delivers, he does, it's, and he, it's awesome. You know, I 
I can't remember exactly, but they showed a graphic, you know, over the weekend about his clutch numbers. You know, I want to say that with two outs and runners in scoring position, he's hitting like 538. And and in extra innings, he's like six for six. I mean, it's it's nuts. And hey, you know, I know it was a blooper, but as our father once told, not once, as our fathers told us many, many times, when something like that would happen, it's a line drive in the box score. So correct, it counts the same. It, it does. Same. It does. And uh, you know, that was, I don't know. That that's just he 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 epitomizes everything that you want with the organization right now because he's a young player with a lot of talent. Plays, you know. I think should be the shortstop, but that's for another time. But playing excellent second base, getting a chance to now start in this game tomorrow night, I'm not going to miss that. I, I'll be honest. Tonight's the home run derby, and I'm I'll probably I'm turn not, I'll probably yeah. turn it on, but I'm not. I don't know. That's not appointment viewing for me, and that's no. I, because number one, I could use a little bit of a break, which is not bad. And number, I just I, I think the home run derby's a little played out. I just do. You it's know? too long. It's too long, and it, 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 the broadcast is annoying. There, there's a. I don't. I'll say this. I don't watch it, and I haven't in years. Um, but I will watch for Jose. But when Jose's off, like I'll watch Jose versus uh, Juan Soto because they're going against each other. F- future guardian Juan Soto. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I do want to talk about that real quick. But I'll watch. I'll watch Jose for sure as far as he goes. And it was great that he, you know, he was, his home run swing for a month was MIA. And now all of a sudden he seems to have found it again, which is great. I know that we talked about his jamming of the thumb. Yeah. And I know that he cl- he claims that he was fine, but you can't tell me that wasn't bothering him because now all of a sudden it seems to be getting better. And it's not a coincidence that he had a great week, uh, you know, this week found, found that power stroke and it's all good. Now, I know we talked about this briefly. Juan Soto, um, you know, st- re- allegedly rejected a $440 million deal. Well, not allegedly, <laughs> he did because he's admitted it. Yeah. Uh, a $440 million deal. Scott Boris is his agent. You know Boris wants $500 million. It's pretty simple. So apparently the the Nationals are going to come back to him with one more offer. I'm sure he'll reject it, and then they'll trade him. So, you know, th- there's only X amount of teams that have the the – kind of prospect capital that would get that would take to get Juan Soto or one of those teams. Now, it's never going to happen. He's 23 years old. Someone's going to pay him $500 million and we're not taking that on. We're just not. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, we can make, the, we can saw, make the trade with the amount of uh, you know prospects that we have. We have eight. They just came out this week. Which uh, which website was it came out and said? I think it was, state, it was either Baseball America or you're talking about the top 100 yeah, prospects. Yeah, I, I think it was Baseball America. Well, regardless, go ahead. We have eight of the top 100 prospects right now, which is most in date, most in baseball. Correct, which is pretty sweet. And the capital is there to make a move like this, but like you said, the problem is number one, Scott Boris isn't <clears throat> isn't dealing with Paul Dolan on this. It, it, it was a real stretch, and it was a real headache, and it was a real. Golly gee, we got to stay up late at night and really hammer this out just to get Jose Ramirez to take a team friendly deal to keep him. If you think extremely team friendly, I know David Blitzer's coming and and this is great news, but I see us making some moves at the deadline, but this is not one of them. I, I, a guy asking for 500 million, 
I mean, he turned down $30 million a year from the from the Nationals. What was it, 12 at 400? What, what was it, 12 at 440? Or? It, it was 14, 14 at 440. And some of these deals are getting ridiculous, and I just don't see this organization doing that. Would Juan Soto be perfect for this franchise to put in right field for the next 10 years? And you'd probably have to you know, trade away an Olin Jones or an Oscar Gonzalez. A Zach Plesak would be in that deal. About you, Tyler Freeman. I think, I, think you're, I think you're low. I think you're looking. I'm still I, going. I I'm not done. I would say it would take like Gavin Williams, and they'd probably want Valera, and you know they're going to want all the top guys. No, I'm guys. not. I'm not trading Gavin Williams, uh, Dirty Dan Espino, and and George Valera. They can have anybody else other than those three. I need to know the correct pronunciation because when we had Mike Hattery on, he was calling Espino. I know. I thought it was Espino. But those three, I, I wouldn't be trading any of those three, and I wouldn't trade Rokio. I wouldn't trade Rokio either, to be honest. Well, listen again; they're not, they're not going to. They're going to have to package something. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Oscar Gonzalez would have to go because no, I'm just he's got saying in general. I'm just saying in general. Tyler Freeman, three man spot perspective. You're just you're so loaded. I mean, Bo Naylor's not in the forty man right now. You know. Uh, um, you know, if if you believe that this Will Benson thing is real, he's not in the forty man. Will Brennan not on the forty man. I mean, we could go. Gavin Williams is he doesn't need to be yet, but he's not. There's so many guys that have to be added, so they're they're going to have to make some sort of a package deal. And even even so, like you know, I know we touched on it briefly last week, but the more I watch Fronmio Reyes, and and the the more I believe that. It's time. It, 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 I, I know the argument is we don't have a lot of. And, and this is Andrew Zellman's big argument. I see. I see him say this on Twitter all the time. If you trade Fran Mil Reyes, you legitimately don't have any sort of real power guys. You just. But I think they don't care. I think they're fine going for doubles. Do you know what I mean? I I I, I, I really don't believe that they think that. I think their philosophy is kind of the complete opposite of the rest of major league baseball they want high on base percentage high contact guys who's the po- who's the power bat in the middle of the red sox lineup jd martinez yeah who's the power bat He's, in tampa bay's lineup well they don't i mean currently like, uh, when Harold the, Ramirez. like the giant <laughs> like the giants made the playoffs last year who was the Giants' power back? I mean, I, I could right. see the argument because you could say, well, the Yankees have Judge and Stanton. Well, the you, you know you mentioned J.D. You know, the White Sox have a Brayu. You know, the Twins, do they have a power back? I see his point of, like, yes, who's they, the they one guy? They have plenty of guys. <clears throat> they got plenty of guys. I, but, but, yes, I, the other problem with Ron Meal is. What he, about a right-handed power back? RHPB. The, the problem is he's just not. Producing, no, he, I doesn't, mean, he doesn't put the ball in play. <laughs> he's not doing anything. He's striking out so. Much. He's just. He looks terrible up there, and you know, it, it's one thing if he's striking out a ton and he's got twenty homers. You know, he's got. He's, he's his OPS is six sixteen. The other night was it Friday night? They brought in Chafin, and so we brought in. Fran Mill to pinch hit. Was it Friday night's yeah. game? I believe it was. Yes, it was, it was Friday night's game. And you watch like the first pitch, <clears throat> chafing through that slider or whatever he's got. And you watch the first pitch, and you're like, this at bat's over. He's not touching that slider. You know, you just, and, and he didn't. And he's never, he's never going to, I mean, it's been, the book's out, you know. Throw, don't throw him any heat. But even when you get heat recently, 
he's behind. He's I don't know what he's it is. Fouling he's, it off. I, I, but the, 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 to bring this back around, the point is Oscar Gonzalez is close to coming off the injured list, and someone's going to have to be moved. And it, it's easy. Oh, they send back Alex Call. That's fine. But what do you do with Oscar and Nolan Jones and Naylor and Franville all? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a real bunching because you're not sitting Stephen Kwan. Kwan's going to play every day. Of course. You know, Straw's going to still play every day. Who He's started to hit again, which has been great. So you're not going to sit him. You can't sit Naylor except for, like, you know, to rest him, you know, with his legs. And Oscar Gonzalez is up here to play. And Nolan Jones should be up here to play. So I, I to me, the, the easy move is to just slide Fran Meal out and trade him for some prospects. And then you just, you know, rotate those guys around, you know, you know those three guys around in those three spots. I, don't, I mean, away. I don't want to give up on Fran Meal either. You love the guy. He's fun, great attitude. Um, it's interesting that twice now in the last month, Terry Pluto, and I'm not saying Terry Pluto is so plugged in like a Zach Meisler or anybody, anything like that, but... Yeah, but he gets leaked stuff. Somebody's telling him and whispering to him that, that Fran Mill's out of shape and that they wanted him to get into shape to play more right field and he wouldn't and he didn't do it. You know, because yep. they barely put him out there. Once in a while Tito plays him in right, but that is interesting that yeah, Pluto Pluto has referenced that now twice in the last couple of weeks. And he's not just making that that up. No. Someone's no, Terry's that. a professional. And so uh, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. I'm not ready to pull the plug on him yet, but you like you said, we have so many guys ready. And if one of the guys that's there is not in shape and not putting the ball in play, and we're trying to win, because we are, like you said, we're a couple games out of first with huge games coming up next week. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be the big problem is next the, that, that first run of games coming out of the break is just brutal. And that's going to really, I, I feel like that's the make or break stretch. Well, this team, this team seems to play better on the road for some reason. Not the last That's series, true. not the last time, but um, yeah, but but we'll see. The if... Teams, the teams coming out of the break are you got that doubleheader with your you have four. Well, games it's four in Chicago, Boston. four in Boston, and three in Tampa four. Bay. Yes, that is brutal. Brutal. It's a brutal stretch, and we never play well in Tampa. When was the last time you remember us going into Tampa and winning a series? I feel like we always lose there. Yeah, that's like Oakland a little bit. It's kind of a, a house yeah, of horrors. Hey, look at look at how we did in Oakland this year. Maybe maybe our fortunes will change. Uh, what about the rotation? So I'll have the pitching matchups coming up, but Savali's hurt again. He's got that wrist problem. Pilkington's going to have to pitch, I would think, in one of the games Saturday. 100%. So the yeah. doubleheader. So you, somebody's got to come up. I don't, you know, Peyton Battenfield's pitched pretty well lately in Columbus. Uh, yes. Does Cantillo get a chance coming up from Double A? I mean, there's there's some buzz about him. Here, I'm going to play right into the uh, executive producer's <laughs> hands here. But the problem is with both Battenfield and Cantillo or anybody else that they are considering potentially is that these guys aren't on the 40 man roster. And once you put them on, the clock starts. Now, Battenfield, I think, deserves the first uh, shot. He's been the most consistent starter in Triple A. He doesn't, you know, he's not a big strikeout guy. You know, he pitches to contact more. Uh, but he's in a stretch now where he's pitched pretty well the last month or so. So I think he could get a shot. But you know who's still on the they, they brought Tanner Tully back up. 
and I know he's like good God, good God. And he's like him he couldn't even get any outs. He couldn't even get any outs in the blowout on Saturday. The only reason he got an out was because <laughs> Ahmed threw us threw home to Maley. That was uh, to save the shutout. I love the Tito. Great. By the way, I love the Tito. Um, even up ten nothing in the ninth inning. Tito had that play reviewed and shoved it in Angel Hernandez's face. I, I enjoyed that myself. Well, oh, well, of course, and he's trying to preserve the shutout, and you know, screw AJ Hinch, the, you know, the man who thinks he invented baseball. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he, he can't use the garbage <laughs> but, cans this time. Woo wee. No, but but yeah. yeah, Tully and McCarty are the same. They're both filler, and yeah, it's he, possible that. Tully being up is going to get one of those starts. If I mean, you can't avoid it at this point because uh, it's coming out of the break and everyone's on full rest. But someone's going to have to. I, I, I don't yeah, know I mean, the extent I, of this Savali injury, and I know that you know it's easy to just go back to Pilkington. But Pilkington starts. I, I feel like they go the same way every time. The first time through the order, he really struggles, and then he figures it out. But by the time he figures it out, it's four nothing. Tired the last six, we're down four nothing. Exactly. Well, I mean, you're either, you're either going to have Pilkington pitching in in Chicago Saturday, or if you start Tully in one of those games, God help us, then Pilkington would have to pitch what Tuesday in Boston. I mean, that's how yeah. it is because you know, and I'll I'll go through the whole thing, but that's where it's at. <laughs> you you need two starters for the next week that are not named Aaron Savali, not just one. And that's the thing. Do they give someone like Xavion Curry or um, who else did you just mention a second ago? Now? Cantillo. Cantillo or you know, one of those young guys like, hey, let's, let's throw them up here and see what they can do. Can they come up, even if they're not on the 40, man, can they come up and pitch and be the 27th man on Saturday? I think they have to be added to the 40 man. I think that was only for um, uh, COVID. Like, remember, uh, De Los Santos was not on the 40 man, and they brought him up when the, when we had the four guys in April who had COVID, and they, they had to make some additions. The 40 man stuff didn't apply there. But okay. then they eventually had to add him when they, which which they did. Obviously, great, great, a big part of great COVID stories over the weekend. Uh, we'll do that coming up next. <laughs> Grandma Patty. I'm no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Let's talk about let's talk about Bryn. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe you just said that. I'm not editing this. That's that's staying. That's staying. <laughs> no, it doesn't need editing. <laughs> I didn't I, I said I'm not editing it. That's no, staying. Know, don't edit it. It doesn't need to be no, but it, going back to the That's topic, a good that's a good bit. That's a good bit. It is a great guy. I think Badfield's going to get a start. I, I don't know why, but I think they're going to give him a shot. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think he's been good over his last three or four starts. So, um, <laughs> uh, Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. Uh, we're brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry. Uh, Dr. Ben Hornstein and his crew do a great job. Go to CFAD.net. And, of course, BreakingTea.com. Look, we have three all-stars. Emmanuel Classe, one of the best closers in the game. Jose Ramirez, hey. Manny, uh, Jose Ramirez, top five player in the game. And if you want some Jose swag, you want the new Andres Jimenez Night Night t-shirt. The guys in the All-Star game, get it at breakingtea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. Zach Meisel, I know you're listening. He's got his, his, his infant son at home. Get him a get him a Night Night shirt. It, it, see how that goes with the baby in sleep? Come on. Andre Simmons. Swaddle him in it. 
swaddle him in. There you go. So uh, let's go. Andre Semenez t-shirt is sweet. If you're a Browns and Cavs fan as well, they got gear for you too in terms of t-shirts. BreakingT.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. Get there today. Um, all right. What else we got? Oh, yeah. The draft is going on. Now, I'm no college baseball fan. Ping! I'm, I'm you know, an old Jim Rome bit. I, I can't stand college baseball. But I will say this. Uh, last night I'm getting texts in the car as I'm driving home. And everybody's like, oh, oh, you stole this guy. And I'm like, what? And I look at my phone. I'm like, oh, yeah, the draft. Chase DeLauder, the outfielder from James Madison, who, like, two months ago everybody said was a top five pick and arguably the best bat in the draft. Then he got hurt, and then he struggled, what, in the College World Series? <clears throat> Excuse me, in, this, in the, the infamous Florida State Series, everybody says he was like, couldn't hit the ball. Drops to the Guardians at number 16 last night. And so they get a college outfielder in the first round. I believe it's the first college outfielder they've drafted in the first round since, yes, that man, Bradley Zimmer. So, I don't know, Todd, everybody's pretty excited about this kid. Left-handed bat, can do it all. And uh, yeah, I mean, kind of fell to us, I it, guess. You know, you and I, um, we go to the source, Jeff Ellis, for all things uh, Major League Baseball draft, because this is what he does. And he said that basically he was like the perfect fit for the model, you know, the Guardians model, and that they put a ton of value on how these guys did that Cape Cod League. You know, you know they they play that summer baseball yes, in Cape yes. Cod. It's a lot of, and that he tore it up in Cape Cod. So it made a lot of sense. But you know, supposedly he's got great plate discipline and he's a you know pretty good athlete, you know power guy, which is good. And and uh, you know it, it makes a good fit. And you know what, we can always use more. We talk about this all the time. This franchise has had such a hard time developing outfielders so hey here's another guy college player he's only 20 though so he's he's a young college player which is good and uh you know we'll see what 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 else happens the next two picks were both pitchers you know last year they made 20 i believe the number was they drafted 19 pitchers out of 21 draft picks and it seems like what they've tried to do is go international signings on their you know, younger players like you look at guy like uh, Jose Tana, for example, or even Jose Ramirez, he, Angel you know, Martinez, guys like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rafael Ramirez's son. You know, he, he's in the system. He's like seventeen. You know, they they like to to go international on the um, on the, the position player side, and they loved pitching through the draft. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens today. But they're you know, two of their first three picks were college starting pitchers there's the uh, one kid from oklahoma state and another the left-hander who they got at the end of the second round uh was from florida state with the funky delivery i was watching some uh some highlights of of him and uh it's, it's very very interesting stuff very interesting stuff so yeah we'll get the executive justin producer on uh, yeah to, to break down justin campbell the uh big right-hander from uh and, and parker messick oklahoma Not state <laughs> well, last year they took one of my favorite college pitchers, uh, Crazy Nikhazy, Doug Nikhazy, who's now at what Lake County or whatever from Ol- Ole Miss. From right? Ole Miss, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, that's what this organization does, and they they go out. I like getting a college bat, somebody that's got a little bit more experience than some of these high school guys that get drafted so high and then aren't ready for a long time or just flame out. Um, 
But again, just, I, mean, I trust this organization. I just I trust the organization. I mean, but but look at someone like Will Benson. He was a high school bat, right? I mean, it's it, I, I think twenty sixteen was the year they drafted him, or maybe it was. I mean, here we are in twenty twenty two. He's still very young, and he's you know he's now in AAA figuring it out. He's twenty. Sorry, he's twenty four, and he was the first round draft pick in in sixteen. So he's twenty four. It's taken him a while to develop, but they've put in the time and. You know, that's that's the thing about the high school bats. Sometimes they take a little bit longer. So, but you know what? Look at the first two picks in the draft this year: Matt Holiday's son, Andrew Jones's son, both high school bats. So, who knows? I just I, we're no draft experts here. We're just regurgitating stuff that we hear from other people. <laughs> no, but I think the Delauder pick uh, caught some some people's attention because, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think they thought he would be there at sixteen. So for Cleveland to get him is is pretty cool. And uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot. There's always surprises. There's a kid from around here in in, in Michigan, uh, Brock Porter, who people thought was a top ten pick. He didn't. Even, he hasn't even gone yet. Um, so there's just you know, the, it's it's an inexact science. I hate to use that phrase, but um, in this instance, look, you know, everybody always thinks we're taking pitchers in the first round, and to take a, a college bat that I think they thought no way would be there sounds good to me. And, uh, you know, let them. They've done a nice job recently of actually developing some homegrown outfielders. It's taken decades, it seems like. But now almost we have this issue where we have too many guys, which is nice. But that can be utilized in a trade. I still think, and Todd, we got to talk about adding a bullpen arm before we get out of here. They've yes. got to make, they've got to make a move. I don't know if it's some sort of package deal we talked about. David Robertson and Wilson Contreras, which I don't think is going to happen. Could it be something smaller like Daniel Bard and Elias Diaz or something like that where you get a, a pitcher and a catcher, or really, you know what I'm saying? Something like that in a package deal because I think they need to add a catcher and I think they need to add a reliever. But I just have this weird sneaking feeling that at the deadline coming up in a few weeks that they're going to add a starting pitcher. I just have a real weird feeling. Not that I'm for it. I think we have decent depth there, but I, I see a weird scenario where I don't know if it'll be Luis Castillo, but I see somebody somebody coming here. Martin Perez, I don't know, some somebody like that. I, 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 there's no way Martin Perez is is having one good year after eight years of shit. I want no part of it. <laughs> are you kidding? And he's on a one year deal. And he's on a one year deal. He's on a one year deal, and he's and he's on a bad team. And it's like. Ugh. No thanks. I, it doesn't do it for me. I do think. It, listen, the obvious moves that need to be made are at the catching position and in the bullpen. But everybody, all these contenders, are always looking for for bullpen guys. I I, I think they do need an arm in the pen for sure. From a catching perspective, listen, Maley and Hedges cannot hit. Let's be honest. It's it's a shit show, and it's like I know Hedges had the two hits Saturday, which was great. You know. But the tight, you know, the unnamed team was pitching, you know, Pineda, who was throwing about you know, everything dead straight. Uh, but the, with Bo Naylor so close, and he's I, lurking, he's you know, lurking, and and La Vistita, and it's like you have that combo. Who, if you really wanted to next year, you could dump Hedges and Maley 
and just go with those two. Or if you want to keep Hedges as a veteran presence, you keep Lavastida down for one more year and you say, Bo, you're the guy. Hedges will teach you how to do it. Maybe that's what they're going to do. But I don't think that adding someone, like, for example, Sean Murphy would be a perfect addition to this team. The A's are going to want you a know. ton for him. Right. But, you know, I'm looking, you know, he's arbitration eligible in 2023, so they could start the non-tender stuff with him if they really wanted to. Uh, he would be a decent guy. But when you're looking at bullpen arms, yeah, Daniel Bard would be great. But again, you know, he's he's re, he's found himself. He's 36 years old. We usually don't sign up for guys that are, you know, don't have a lot of club control. Um, right. You know, we re- we referenced it in the past with Brad Hand. Yes, correct. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking for guys like, you know, that are going to have more club control. I... From a starting pitching perspective, yeah, I think having – I mean, they're not going to go for Frankie Montas because, number one, I think that he had some shoulder issues that they were just checking out. I can't remember if it was shoulder or elbow, but I know there was that. Luis Castillo would be a nice add, but, uh, you know, with all these young starting pitchers almost here, basically, you know, you're a year away from it. Maybe it's one of these things where it's, hey, we're going to trade Plesak and, or – Savali with Ron Meal to a contender for prospects, and then you bring in Castillo to replace that. I could see something like that happening. Um, I'm not sure though. I, it's it's really tough to gauge where they're what they're going to do and what they're going to add or not do anything at all. I could see them doing nothing at all too, but they're right there. Uh, I think bullpen is more important than rotation to add. That's just my opinion. No, I agree. I just have this weird feeling. I don't. I don't know if it's Luis Castillo. I don't know if it's if it's you know, Herman Marquez. I, I don't know. There's there's names out there. There's there's. I just have this sneaking feeling that we're talking about getting another bat, getting another bat. Got to add a bullpen arm. Got to get rid of Shaw. All those things. And I think that possibly another starter could just could be in the mix. I don't have any rumors or you it know. Could, you know what though? Where 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 you make sense is. If they weren't thrilled with how things have been going with Pilkington, and you know you're a little concerned that one injury, and you're you know going back to kind of what you had last year, if you're throwing in Pilkington and Battenfield and you know guys that aren't like true top guys, and you are trying to win this year, then yeah, you would want to add uh, one more additional quality starting guy who you could you know you know really work with, but it's got to be someone who's got. You know, years of club control. They, and there's there are right, and there are teams right now that are just knocking it down to the studs. You know, I mean, if they, let's say they can't get exactly. Luis, let's say they can't get Luis Castillo, they could get Tyler Malley. I mean, the Reds. But how, the, but how much of an improvement is he? The Reds I mean? are like, stripping this thing down. You know, I mean, you could take anybody off of Cincinnati's roster, not named Joey Votto, because I don't think. Paul Dolan's paying that freight, but I, you know, it's just not at his age, and, and at this point, yeah, he's had a lousy I, year. Yeah. You know, I wanted him in the off season. Yeah, but the way things look now, it's like you know that Naylor's got to play first base, right? And, and and right, yes, yeah. I mean, sure, Votto's a great dude and professional at every, you know. I just, I just don't, I don't see them moving off of him. I, I. And I think he'd have to he'd have to approve it too, and not that he wouldn't come here, but who knows? Who knows? I'd love David Bednar. I just don't know if Pittsburgh's going to do that. They're going to want a ton for him too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 
they're finally kind of turning the corner. I mean, I know they're horrible still. Yeah, they're playing nice ball. Yeah. But they're not, you know, they're putting together a decent roster all of a sudden, you know, with Hayes and Cruz and Reynolds. I mean, yeah. if they traded another guy. <laughs> but it is Pittsburgh. You just you never know. So and that comes back to my point that I made earlier is that we just do not bottom out here where all these other teams do. Yeah. No, no question about it. All right, 11-game trip coming up, four in Chicago, four in Boston, three in Tampa Bay, Friday night. Uh, now, the White Sox have not, and I know you were very stunned by this, but Tony La Russa did not, did not announce who's pitching for his team coming out of the break. They've got some guys right now that are pitching great. Uh, Cueto's been unhittable. Uh, Cease, yeah, Cease has been terrible. Yeah, Cease should be, Cease should be an all-star. We're going to have to face Giolito, who – destroys us. So this is not going to be easy. Uh, Friday night, Cal Quant- So the first game out of the break is Friday night at 8-10, and Cal Quantrill's pitching. Saturday, doubleheader. The day game, Tristan McKenzie. The night game yet to be announced. Sunday, Shane Bieber. Interesting that Bieber, who was supposed to pitch yesterday, won't pitch now until Sunday. So he's getting what, Todd? Like 12 days off? 12, 12 days off. And Quantrill will be starting back-to-back games, which is also... Uh, I... I Maybe it has something to do with they want to keep him, of all people, like on schedule. I, you know, as close to regular rest as possible. I don't quite understand it, but, you know, my guess is because of how with Bieber, with the velocity drop this year and coming off of the injury last year that they're trying to, you know, preserve him a little bit more. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it either, but this is they know better than we do. Well, yeah, they're looking ahead. They're looking at guys' history against teams. Probably, maybe that this is maybe what they're going with. So, yeah, and it's basically, also that they're looking ahead at that schedule, you know, in Boston and Tampa, and they're trying to line it up for certain guys to be there. You know, who knows? Yeah, and then Plesac will start the first game at Fenway, and then Tuesday they need a starter. So, it should be it should be interesting to see where this thing heads. And White Sox are playing really well right now. I mean, they just took three out of yeah. four from the Twins in Minnesota. Uh, and they're all of a sudden coming. I mean, coming up for air a little bit. So, four in Chicago, four in Boston, three in Tampa. Got the All Star game tomorrow night, of course, with Emmanuel Clase, Jose Ramirez, and Andres Jimenez. And ironically enough, it's Jimenez that's going to start in that game, not Jose. And certainly, of course, Manny coming in uh, out of the bullpen. So, that'll do it for uh, another edition. Todd, anything else to add? Nope. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, in a couple of, not next week, the week after. Should be good. Or actually, it is next week, I guess. Right. Technically. It's too, well, it's, it's technically, well, I guess if, if we're saying this weekend is Friday, the following weekend. Should be good. Should be good. Excited to uh, see you as well. And uh, hopefully they can, I mean, these are, these, this is a tough stretch, man. 11 games against the White Sox, Red Sox, and Rays on the road. So we'll see how it goes. Is that, Rays, is that the Rays series when I'm there? Yes. Yeah, right. it is. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to work that out. To that. All right, that'll do it for the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. From WaitingForNextYear.com, the Evergreen Podcast Network, thanks to the Center for Advanced Dentistry. And, of course, uh, we got to thank uh, BreakingTea.com as well, Breaking Tea T-shirts. Go to BreakingTea.com slash dairy takes you right to the cleveland collection it's the all-star break let's change it up a little bit we end the show by saying book it
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.